Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome once again to Madam Perry's Salon, the podcast that loves you, the podcast where fascinating people meet. I'm your host, your spiritual director, and your groove mistress, Madam Perry. But you can call me Jan, Jennifer, J.P. Perry. I'll answer to all of that. I'm just glad to be here with you and that you're listening too. And uh, if you're listening live tonight on Blog Talk Radio, you know there's a... um, if you're looking at the screen, there is an azalea-colored box that says follow in white. And if you want to click on that and follow, I'd be very happy with that. But also, after the show is live, you can about an hour or two later catch the replay on pretty much any place you listen to podcasts. Podbean, Spotify, Apple, iHeartRadio, Stitcher. I'm always finding new ones every day. I'm, I'm just learning that sometimes... Third parties uh, get them from the other, take the RSS feed from other podcasts and, and share it. So who knows? Who knows where you'll find? But just to know, uh, we've had so many great guests lately and so much fun. Well, I always have good guests. I'm very, very fortunate. But also coming up soon. Now, recently, uh, and somebody asked me the other day, uh, Jen Lancaster. Jen Lancaster, she was on talking about her book. Her newest book, Welcome to the United States of Anxiety. And uh, it's talking about things people were going through last year and also intertwining it with Abraham Maslow's A Hierarchy of Human Need. It's a good book, but of course, being Jen Lancaster, it's also funny, uh, laugh out loud funny, as was the book by Arden Marine, whom you may know from Mad TV or from. She plays Regina Sinclair in the show Insatiable on Netflix, uh, her book, Little Miss Little Compton. And I think if you if you still order now, you can get some of the nice tote bags. A couple of friends of mine got the tote bags, too, that match the book cover. That's good. And we also had Dave Koss, saxophonist Dave Koss. He was great. He's just one of them. He says his latest uh, CD, A New Day, he wrote it with several of his uh, other fabulous musician pals to be a a virtual hug for people these days because uh, he just felt like we needed it and they wanted to get together and do it. Uh, tomorrow night, we have filmmaker, producer, and actor Kyle Hester. I think the film he's most famous for is called Zombie with a Shotgun. So uh, that's going to be a lot of fun, too. And the next week, Viv Boucherat has a new book called Know You're Crazy, and that's Y-O-U-R, Crazy. Understand Your Craziness is a book for women. And Viv is, is a great multimedia artist, but you also may know her husband if you know the band The Zombies, uh, Time of the Season. He's uh, Chris White, and he was, I think, the original, one of the original zombies. So that's going to be fun, too. So anyway... All kinds of good stuff. All kinds of wonderful people agree to be on the show, and and you listen, and that makes life good for me. 
Tonight's guest is a global entrepreneur and international best-selling author. He consults with businesses and enterprises in 14 countries. And what he does, uh, he helps to reveal or uncover or show you prime opportunities in the gig economy and how to take advantage of them. And that's what we need now. I think everybody's working on, on the gig economy. I know I've got a few gigs going on and I could use a few more. Uh, his book is 90 Days to Life, A Journey from Turmoil to Triumph. And he's the creator of Online Business Accelerator. And there are so many more things I could say about him, but I just want to talk to him. So I'm going to bring him in here and just welcome for the first time, hopefully not the last, to Madam Perry Salon, Rubel Chandy. Welcome to Madam Perry Salon, Rubel. Uh, Jennifer, thanks for having me. I am delighted to have you here. Um, you're such a busy man, and um, your book, 90 Days to Life. Let me just go ahead first and ask you about your book. It's 90 Days to Life, A Journey from Turmoil to Triumph. You know, I'm also a publicist and, and um entertainment publicist. I work with a lot of authors. So you're an international bestseller. Tell me what this book is about and what is it about it that makes so many people love it? So uh, it is a story, Jennifer, about a woman who's about to commit suicide and end her life. So 2014, when I was thinking about like the people that I helped over the past decade, I thought, what would be a best way to convey everything that I, wa- I want to convey to the world in a simple story? So then it came to me, what if a person is about to commit suicide and they are about to, about to be in a very difficult situation, and if I could walk them through all the possible situations, like you were talking about anxiety or depression or all the emotional and the physical and the relationship challenges, that she could have and help her to become really successful, that could become an epic story. That's what I did. That's what 90 Days to Life is. Uh, So it sounds to me, and this is one thing I've thought about, is that putting it into a story, not a teaching you this, this is how it's done, this is what people in, in the biz know, making it a story, I think that's a lot of what made it so relatable to people. That's correct. Because stories have this deeper connection with, with our deeper level mind. When we are kids, you know, we often hear about the stories of our moms and our dads and somebody telling us, hey, remember this story. And, you know, from my childhood, what I remember are the stories that my mom told me about Bible, about the certain things in Old Testament. And all of a sudden, oh, my gosh, those are deeply rooted in us. So stories kind of get into a deeper side of us. They they are stored as metaphors in our brain, and those metaphors becomes a reference point that's going to break us or help us break through the challenges that we are facing. True. Well, tonight uh, you're here. And by the way, if you want to talk to Rubel Chandy, you can call in. The number is 646 716 It is a toll-free call in the continental U.S., or you can send me a message. You can message me on Facebook, uh, either through Jennifer Modette Perry or Madam Perry Salon, and I'll be happy to share a question. Because, you know, Rubel, sometimes if you have a job or your situation, you may not be able to make a phone call, but you got to ask a question. So they can message it or call it in. So let's talk about uh, COVID has changed so many things. And I have people talk about, well, when this is over or when things are back to normal. And honestly, 
especially with the new variants of COVID uh, surfacing, I'm not sure we're going to ever really go back to complete normal the way life was before. I think there's going to be a lot of adjustments we had to make. I think a lot of people are making adjustments. Uh, well, a lot of businesses are, and a lot of people, how they handle their lives and their businesses. But there are people, that, whether they're moms, dads, millennials, they're working from home. And um, and I hear that, and you probably read this too, people who worked in Silicon Valley are moving out. They don't have to stay there where the expensive, uh, where so the cost of living is so high if they don't have to go back into an office. So people are moving and adjusting, and people can be just as productive at home if they want to be. So with the shelter-at-home restrictions in place, Zoom and the worldwide Internet at our fingertips, that's what I always say. It's a publicist. As long as I've got Internet access, I can work from anywhere. Um, there's never been a better time than or easier to join the gig economy. So what I was hoping you would tell us to begin with is tell us about the new economic playing field and what possibilities it could hold for all of us. Sure. So, Jennifer, here is the thing. Like you mentioned uh, in your previous conversation, we are, we are not human beings. We are human habits. So what does that mean? It means that once you have been doing something for some time, even if there is so there is no variant of the COVID, once once something become a habit, we are not going to go back to work. Microsoft already told all of its employees for the lifetime, you guys don't need to come back to work. So many companies are turning into a virtual, completely virtual companies. So virtual economy is paving way to this gig economy. That's what we are going to talk about. And then I'm going to specifically talk about the specific things that you could do to create additional income for your family, for yourself, and potentially making that as a full-time thing in the future. So what is gig economy? Gig economy is an economy where we moved from manufacturing to a knowledge economy to a gig economy. So gig economy is where people are paid for results, not time. So the time paradigm was everybody go to their work 9 a.m. and they finish at 5 p.m. and they get like four hours worth of work done. Rest of the time they're playing on Facebook, WhatsApp, whatever. <laughs> versus now people are getting paid for their results. That's what gig economy is. I could hear you laughing here. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Because you're telling the truth. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. That's so what is going to happen? You're speaking truth, my brother. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. So that's beautiful. So what is going to happen is we are going to switch into a world. Employers are looking for results, and because the because of the COVID and because of what you mentioned, Jennifer, what happens is in the world if you're like if you're two miles away from my home. If you're 2,000 miles away from my home, it's the same thing for me if you're working in our organization because you are on Zoom. You are on Microsoft Teams or Slack or some software. So it's the same thing. So what does that mean? It means the barrier that we had, especially a mom, like taking care of her children and then taking them for the soccer practice or anything else, they thought, you know what, I cannot work anymore. I have way too many things to do at home. 
that is changing right now. You get to enter the internet economy another time right now because the world has shifted and there are so many opportunities to grab at this point. Mm. Yeah, that's true. And I get and and it is a, you know is is it easier now people can kind of schedule their appointments or taking the kids somewhere because they don't have to be in an office to be seen by somebody to be able to be called into a meeting or conference. They don't have to be physically in one place. Because nobody is in a physically in one place, right? So yeah. there needs to be some sort of structure to the way you are working. But you could say, hey, I can work from this time to this time. I'm available this time to this time. And you could have your calendar available. And mm-hmm. then if you, are, if you have like some, some specialized skills or if you want to be in customer care or if you want to teach English to kids in different parts of the world or if you, want to, if you have a special skills and then you haven't been using it, this is a time to start using it and go online for the second time. Why, why am I saying second time? Because these opportunities were not available uh, like pre-pandemic. The reason was all of these things were taken because from 2000 to 2000, end of 2000, uh, mid to, or early 2020, like people occupied this space. Now there is an explosion of need online for skilled people to to take advantage of. Yeah, and I think do you, do you think that most employers were a little reluctant to accept this 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 new way of living and working? Most employers might be reluctant, but there is no choice, right? So the thing is, and here's the thing. Two, two, there are two types of people. I mean, I work with businesses in 14 different countries. People who are going to succeed that I have seen real time in different countries is that people who are going to succeed in this new era are the people who are going to adapt to the new environment the fastest. That's the natural selection, Darwinian, right? Something happens, the person who adapts to the new environment the fastest is going to win the game. That's the game now. So it's, you know, the world is going to be uncertain from now. I'm sorry to break it to you, but that's the reality. We are stepping into an uncertain, unknown world, and it's going to be like that, whether you like it or not. So what you do is, are you prepared to be in an unpredictable world? If you are, then if you're not, I'll talk about how you could be preparing for it. But if you're prepared for it, then there is going to be enormous number of opportunities. And one way to do that, um, Jen, is to, and anybody who's listening, is to anticipate change. Because all this time, human conditioning, you're talking about Abraham Maslow's hierarchy, about uh, another author here, in, in Maslow's hierarchy, in regular humans, what they are trying to do is they're trying to resist change. They want to feel secure because they don't want anything new. They just want to be in, in wherever they are, right? So versus if you are able to step out of that security paradigm and then start seeking change, oh, where is change coming? Can I calibrate to this new change? What is happening? And let me, let me look into change. And when you anticipate change, change becomes fun. That's what, like, entrepreneurs or 
people who are professionals or regular employees who are thriving in the new economy, in the gig economy, that's how they think. They think and anticipate change. You know, um, interesting thing about adapting to the new economy, you know, some people, some people did it better than others. Some are coming around. Some are having difficulty. I would say that um, I know things like restaurant and retail were very hard hit, and yet there are places like, I don't know, if you go to Chick-fil-A, but they have totally mastered the game on this. There's a couple near me that have totally, they shut down for a while, remodeled, retrofitted this thing, and they have things where you can dr- go to the curb, you can drive up like a, like an old drive-in restaurant, like a, a Sonic or something, or you can go through the lines and you pre-order, and they, doesn't matter how um, long the line is, they keep it fast, so much so, and the reason I bring them up it's not only because they do so well at adapting and, and make it and, and mastering it, but I saw a news item today that I think it was in South Carolina or somewhere. There was a huge traffic jam somewhere, which is not, we're not getting a lot. We're not used to that anymore because people aren't piling into the cars at the same time to hit the highway and same coming back. You're not stuck in all that rush hour traffic. So there was a big uh, traffic jam and the local sheriff, you know what he did? He called the local manager of Chick-fil-A to come and organize it and get him out of there. <laughs> really? That's funny. <laughs> and it was done in 15 minutes, you know? So everybody was smooth. Everything was flowing again in 15 minutes. I said, that, that is smart. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's beautiful. <laughs> that's beautiful. Private companies can benefit. I mean, private companies can take care of some of the government stuff. That's beautiful. Yeah. And I'm glad that the guy called him. You know, he says, okay, I know who can handle this. Um, let me ask you this. When people are um, staying home and isolating, I know it was hard adjusting, too, with things like Zoom or, or email or call. But do you, think, do you think we've gotten better at it, about communicating and working remotely with online tools? Yes, most people are getting better at it. And the tools of today, including Zoom, like I have been using, most people started using Zoom on 2020. I have been using Zoom from 2000, late 2015, uh, helping businesses in different countries. So when we, when we look at technology, technology is rated today based on the simplicity of usage. Zoom was a really easy tool uh, when, when it started, right? So just like that, every technological tool of today is easy enough for a third or a fourth grader to figure, figure out. But oftentimes, we are, like when we are adults, we are 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, and what happens is we think that we cannot learn. We have this mental block about technology. We have this phobia <laughs> for technology. So we just need to just look at it from a child's perspective and say, you know what, okay, I could figure this out. Let me try to find it. Let me watch two YouTube videos. Let me go through, let me ask my grandchild or my son or my daughter and Mm -hmm. let me figure this thing out. And then it's, it's very easy. Most of the technologies are very easy because that's what they are rated right now based on simplicity. So technology is not an issue. In terms of adapting, we need to have the mindset because as a country, then as a country, uh, we never went through this kind of uncertainty in our lifetime. 
because the Western world and United States did not go through a life-threatening situation as, uh, as daring as it is right now. So we don't know how to respond to this situation. It's more than adapting to technology. It's, it's adapting to the uncertainty of the world. And it's, you know, it's, it's serious stuff. But at the same time, uh, if you are able to, um, you know, control the device between our ears, then yes, mm. we can do uh, anything technology, Jen. Yeah, it's a good that you mentioned that. Is, um, people getting used to it and learning, whether you're learning from um, some other kind of tutorial or through your friend or through your son, you know, your grandkids. I know that I see more, and, and yes, people over 30, 40, 50, like my age, you know, we're apprehensive, like, oh, my God, I'm going to got to be on the screen. How am I going to do this? And you don't want to um, say the wrong thing a bit, or <laughs> like some people, uh, very public people have gotten caught doing things like getting out of a shower or whatever on a company call. But <laughs> companies do call. I know we all saw that. But um, I see a lot of tutorials on, on uh, YouTube from people saying how to look good in your Zoom call. And these are people who just break it down easy, like find a good place where there's good light in your home. Find a place where you can sit, you know, sit your uh, laptop up on top of something so that you're looking right, you know, at it instead of looking at the camera coming up at you. And giving all kinds of, you know, just tips that can make people feel calmer and easier about it. And I know if I have something that I can't find a, a YouTube video for, I can always call my niece or nephew and cuz they can tell me now who's making money now, the people that sell those those ring lights to light you up <laughs> for when you're on uh when you're on the cell phone or on the computer to make you look good when you're on one of those calls, a Zoom call. Those are people that are making money. And I've got a couple of those lights because sometimes I have to do that. Uh, if I'm invited to be a guest on a show, so I think, okay, set up my life, set up my everything. But we're all learning new skills. And I think mm-hmm. we're getting better. Absolutely. And I wanted to, yeah, exactly. And I would like us to go from a mindset of a child and all of a sudden, imagine that. Imagine when we were like, you know, one year old and then we are trying to walk and we fall down and then try to walk and then you fall down again. And then the third time your dad will come and say, Jen, you know, I don't think you are capable of walking. Stop it now. You know, because that's as much as I would let you try. So then, then we are not going to, none of us are going to walk, right? Versus like when you try to get on a video and then all of a sudden you screw up. Enjoy the screw up. Like kids are like that, right? So you made a mistake and screw up big and learn from it so that next time you could do better and better and better. That's true. And you usually will make the same mistake twice, that's for certain. Um as we, as you mentioned before, and as I've read, I've heard you say, um, in the new economy, you are not just paid for your time, but for your results and the unique gifts you have to offer to the world. And I think this is an important part. So, how do people, if they're trying to find what to do and where to do it, how do they? Can, can do you have a good formula or a guide for people to find what their gifts are and find how to present themselves or, or present the two? Um, to get gigs. Yes. 
So I, I would talk, uh, I'll talk about some of the strategies or specific websites that they could go to to look for opportunities. And let's talk a few minutes about, uh, a few seconds about the, the psychological element behind that as well. So when I say we people are going to be paid for results, what I mean is what happened in the, like, pre-COVID, it was a manufacturing era. So what happened was we had we had the farmers doing farming and the agricultural era, then we went into manufacturing, and then we were about to get into the knowledge economy. And what happens is China benefited the most from the manufacturing economy. Why? Because they had cheap labor, they had cheap, uh, they have people who can do repeated tasks, like, and then they had a lot of them, they have a lot of them, and then what's going to happen in the new world order, this is really important information, guys, if you're listening, is that what happened in the new world order is manufacturing become, is becoming local. Manufacturing is becoming local, and knowledge business is becoming global at the same time. That's the contrast of the new world economy. So what does that mean? Which means that U.S. cannot trust on China to provide the essential ventilators anymore. So there will be manufacturing in the U.S. and Mexico and other places and around the world. Whereas knowledge economy is, has spread its wings to a global world. What does that mean? What it means is people who have knowledge People who have specialized skills, people from India, people from U.S., people from Canada, people from certain parts of Europe who has knowledge, those knowledge is the new manufacturing tool. The new economy is going to be driven by that knowledge. So that, I want us to be open to that because there is something happening behind the scenes when this is happening because of the virus. And, and that is opening up opportunity for knowledge workers, not manufacturing workers. Does that make sense? Yes, yes, yes. Now, as a, as a person who is looking for being a knowledge worker, it could be as simple as knowing English is a knowledge, right? So, for example, there are kids in China who are willing to pay $18 to $22 there are rich kids in China who are willing to pay $18 to even $25 to learn English from Americans. Mm -hmm. So there are websites where we could go and do that, and I'll talk about that in a second. But if you have a specialized skill, for example, you're a voice artist and your voice is extraordinary, and then somebody is looking for creating, using uh, a voice ad, or somebody is trying to do a, you know, audio book and they are looking for somebody to do a recording of your voice or you have some specialized skills like graphic design or video editing or or some specialized skills or management skills you could give advice as a management consultant for companies or if you are in military and you have some specialized skills in organizing certain things this is the time, right? There are people all over the world looking for exceptional professionals who could guide them to, to the next level, and they are willing to pay big bucks for it. Wow, yeah. Um, I guess sometimes we, we, sometimes we don't, uh, or we take for granted or we don't really value or see, the, or see the value in some things that we already know how to do, like organization, um, 
or how we speak, or can we do a straight voice? Can we do a funny voice for a cartoon or something? Uh, we just don't always know. I guess we have to do a self-assessment and just list how many skills we have. And some people, I think, um, we don't realize they have skills that other people don't have and would be grateful to have someone do for them and pay them for uh, I'm always, as I was telling my husband last night, I'm always thinking about what else I can learn. I'm always trying to take classes to learn more about uh, software and all the different Microsoft things. I know trying to add something else on each time. And then I find somebody who's like one of my contemporaries that doesn't have the skills that I have to go, well, what do I do? How do I do that? You know, and then I realize, oh, I know more than I think I do. So maybe we have to learn how to assess our skills better. Exactly. So so there is like one suggestion that you gave already. Like, you know, for example, tonight, uh, when you're listening to this or when you're listening, wherever you're listening to it later, what I would recommend is sit down and write down 25 things that you could do that could get you 18 to $25 if, you, if you're making less than that right now. Or if you're making that much, find out a few other things that you're exceptional on. And like when your manager three years ago said, you know what, you're really good at uh, running a project. So you have project management skill, right? Or something else that somebody might have told you, write it down, right? And and if, you don't know, if you're not clear about it, go for the low-hanging, the floor-hanging fruit, which is teaching English. So let me give you an example of a website. You could go, which is C-A-M-B-L-Y.com, Cambly.com. That is a website where you could actually teach English to people around the world. Another website is VIPKid.com, V-I-P as in V-I-P, kid as in kid.com. It's another website. So if you just Google for it, like how could I earn income teaching English, that is, you would find out several other websites, and you could go from there. Uh, but if you have a graphic design skills or a specialized skill, then uh, you could go to Fiverr.com, F-I-V-E-R-R.com. That is Fiverr with two R's.com. Another website is Upwork.com, U-P-W-O-R-K.com. And you, you're like, oh, my gosh, I have gone to Upwork. I tried to do this thing. It didn't work for me. Probably because you really did not need that or because you didn't stay enough time and stayed enough time committed and then pursuing this as if it's a serious thing. Because I, there are people that I know who made multiple six figures doing different type of uh, providing different type of skill sets in Upwork itself. But if it is like going to the next level, if you have some specialized skills, then there are, if you have a specialized unique skill, there are websites called um, toptal.com, T-O-P-T-A-L.com. Another one is cruisescale.com, C-R-E-W, scale. Dot com. Those are for highly, highly specialized skills. And one final one is remotewoman.com. This is for women, obviously. R-E-M-O-T-E-W-O-M-A-N.com. These are all websites, are some examples of the gigantic number of opportunities 
that are available for us. But in order for us to succeed in the new, new gig economy, then we need to have the mindset of an owner rather than employee. The way ah. employee, when I was, <laughs> yeah, that's really important. <laughs> because as an employee, you're like, oh my gosh, I just need to get there right before nine and then I drink my coffee, then I need to chat with my coworkers <laughs> for like 15 minutes. Right, and then we'll talk about the the best gossip about the boss, and probably having something with the lady in the back, and then, then by the time you come back to the computer, you have like 13 Facebook messages, and then you check that, and all of a sudden you realize that oh, there are so many people call me, and then I need to call back. Oh, it's time for lunch. <laughs> And then you come back, you know what, I shouldn't skip my lunch because I'm on a keto diet now. I don't want to miss my lunch, right? So I finish my lunch and I come back, it's one o'clock. I don't know, it's a keto diet, it's making me go to sleep. And then I'm like, I need my coffee, go back to the office, repeat the process. That is not going to get us in this gig economy. We need to have ownership and run your gig like you are the CEO of your job. That is the best. That is excellent advice. That is extraordinary <laughs> advice. I tell you what, this okay. is what, I'm gonna I'm gonna put you on hold a minute while I while I play uh while I play a little something and then I'll be back in, in uh just sixty seconds. So uh Ruble, if you wanna go get a glass of water or something right now, you got fifty five seconds to do it. Okay? I'll be right I'll do that. back. Thank you. So, Chuck, talk to us about Fisdale being the Knicks' new coach. What's your uh, thoughts on that? Well, well, I'll I tell you right now, Ernie, it don't matter who going to coach this team. They don't got no talent on they it. And I don't, I don't really feel I talk That's kind of hard. I don't feel I talk about the Knicks right you now. you talk about lunch? No. <laughs> what would you like to talk about, Chuck? See, Ernie, I've been listening to a podcast called Madam Perry Salon. And I think Jennifer Perry... She's a great host. I mean, she got all these bestseller authors, Rostar, Purdue, all the dip comedians. What about people we that could, don't have rings? Here we go. Again. I got Real funny. Ah, 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 but I think she's great, and I think people would love her show. She got a great laugh. She make, The laugh come out of nowhere, like an eagle come in there and just steal the whole show. It's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's not terrible. So there, there, from Charles himself. Did you catch that, Mr. Chandy? I did. I did. I did hear that. Okay. That is awesome. <clears throat> and guess where I got that? Fiverr. Uh-huh. Look at that. A guy that can do, I've got one for Sebastian, of Sebastian Maniscalco that they did. They can do, this guy can do so many different voices. And so I go on Fiverr now and then and ask him to do a promo for me. And, uh... <laughs> That's what he does, and it's great. And actually, as as a uh, publicist, I've even gone to Fiverr to get people to make videos for my clients uh, mm-hmm. and read things, and I've used their social media. There's lots, and I even have a gig on there where I create sell what they call sell sheets for authors or for speakers. For exactly. Who don't know so you are where. the living proof of what is possible in the gig economy. Oh yeah, and I get a lot of return business or that or I get a lot of recommendations from other people saying, "Well, so and so because people some people don't know if there's like especially authors. They might 
somebody might say you need to get this sheet done, uh, a sales sheet, but they don't know. And then they look it up on the web. Somebody says, oh, I do them for $250, and then I do it for a whole lot less than that. And and I enjoy it, you know. And then, uh, so yeah, you, but you can get anything, just about anything done. Yeah. People that teach you C++, everything. Yeah, exactly. And if you are a listener and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, I don't want to work for small money, you don't need to work for small money forever. In the beginning, you might need to compromise your rate so that you get into the market and you establish as the authority in the online street credit board. And then once people see that you are extraordinary, you could charge decent money and people are willing to pay for it, especially if you are able to attract high net worth client to work with you. Yes, you can. And as you get as you get bet, as you get good reviews, people can see what kind of re- reviews you have. Uh do you, how many stars do you get? What do your client your buyer say about you? And you can promote that on social media. So they have a thing where you can click and send your gig to uh Twitter or Facebook. Hey, buy my gig and I'll do this for you. And you can keep your price going up consistently if you keep your quality up, you know respond to people, get it done, and then you can start raising your prices a little bit and a little bit more. Yeah. And, Jen, can I address uh, one thing about uh, small businesses? If somebody is like uh, has a small businesses, business and if they're listening, uh, how to navigate in this journey, is that okay if I add one? Please do. Sentence there? Okay. So if you're a small business listening, what is happening is Amazon is basically becoming the the everything giant, right? So, what there is a new term that is developing in it's going to develop in all over the world is what Amazon cannot do. What does that mean? Amazon can deliver a, a box into your home. Amazon cannot create a human to human experience that you are capable of creating. So look at the world right now. If you're a small business business owner, uh, a man or a woman, look at the world right now. We are switching because of the coronavirus and because of the natural other reasons. We are switching from an expression psychology to a connection psychology. What does that mean? What it means is 2012, 13, 16, 18, 19 was about expression. I want to go on Twitter. I want to go on Facebook. I want to go on some other social media and express myself to the whole world. That was about everything. Because of the way humans were sitting at home, not being able to express anything, we are turning into connection creatures again. We are going back to a connection-based society. What does that mean to you? It means that as a business owner, if your business is aligned with this new psychological Maslow level, deeper level need of connection, then you're going to win no matter what Amazon does. You know, I'm I'm listening to you saying all this, and I thought, yes, yeah, that's you're you're getting right to the heart of what we're feeling because, yeah, we became um, people are starting to crave connection to people because we miss it because we need it, and uh, yeah, you're exactly right. We're craving for some kind of connection, and so if the people who can adapt to that in any way, any small business. 
uh, it, it's powerful. Amazon can get stuff out, but they it's it's missing something. And yeah, even the, the human connection. Who, yeah, exactly. When uh, even the people like when a couple of times, but lately when I've gone to get um, when I've ordered food, gone to the restaurant, and some of them will say, you know, just unlock your trunk, we'll put it in the back because you've already paid for it. But they'll stick their head in the trunk and they'll say, hey, are you having a good day? Thank you so much for getting your dinner from us. Please come back. My name is Thomas. I hope I see you again. And it's just a little thing, but it means so much. Yeah. And before 2020, if you see another human being, like you would tell them, oh, you know what? I'll chat with you on Facebook. But today you see another human being, you're like, oh, my gosh, another human being. I can talk to them. You know? <laughs> It's like it's like precious for us because what we don't have, we crave for it. And what we don't have is connection. And since the culture as a whole, as a whole world, sat down at home socially, forcefully uh, distant, I mean uh, physically distant from each other, we, for the next decade, next decade, and mark my words on this, is going to be about connection. And we are not going to be fighting with each other for expressing ourselves. We are like, you know, we will learn how to suck it up. And then we're like, you know what? I wanted to love you. You know, I want to be a friend to you. That's what this new era is going to be. Technology companies, Facebook cannot do that. Facebook was an expression company. Twitter is an expression company. So is Amazon and many of the technology companies. I work with Silicon Valley companies. Right? In Silicon Valley, there is a huge push for human connection. Right? So what it means is if you are able to create, you know, bring a few of your other small businesses around you and create a family connection environment in your small business, the strip mall that you have, then nobody can beat you as long as you give world-class, genuine human experience with them in a cost-effective way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, it sounds almost, you know, when you describe the situation, it's almost like a Twilight Zone episode, whereas we used to be all around, then it was like, oh, chat me up on social media. Then it's like, I want to be around somebody again. I want somebody to look in the face and, and, and look in their eyes and talk to them. Um, it's kind of a Twilight Zone thing, and it's, it is also our reality, but... Uh, but everything you're saying makes perfect sense. And by the way, yeah. for everyone listening, because um, I want you to know that all of the links that Rubel Chandley gave me, all the websites, I'll be writing them down, and I will share them on my social media, as well as uh, you know, Madam Perry Salon, as well as my personal social media. VIP Kid, uh, my best friend worked for them teaching English to children in China. She thoroughly enjoyed it um, she liked that a lot and again I've done Fiverr and I highly recommend it and there's different groups so I'll be sharing that along with I'll be sharing Rubel Chandley's uh, website and it's R-U-B-L-E C-H-A-N-D-Y dot com but I'll be sharing that because a lot of my listeners listen in the car or when they're running so uh, I'll give it to you, but I'll also share it on all of my social media so that you can find his website. Uh, you can watch his YouTube videos. You can get his book, 90 Days to Life, A Journey from Turmoil to Triumph, and also learn about online business accelerator. I mean, he's the creator. He's the man. Whatever you want to know, <laughs> this is where you need to be. Um, 
Rubel Chanley, I have been so grateful to have you on here tonight. And you've, in just a short amount of time, you've shared a massive amount of information and good, usable information. It's just been a pleasure. Thank to you. Have you. Absolutely. And you could, like you said, Jen, people can visit my website and learn how to navigate in this economy. I'm giving away a complete productivity training that I did for people in 14 different countries that could show you how to be productive in a virtual environment. So that's my gift to your audience. And it was lovely chatting with you. You had amazing questions. That's, what, that's how we play it today. Thank you, thank you. Hey, say that giveaway one more time because I want people to okay. see it, hear it again from you to believe it. Sure. So, uh, so you could go to my website. That is rublechandy.com. R U B L E C H A N D Y dot com, and click on double my productivity, and you would get a training that I did for people in business, people in fourteen countries, people who are self-employed. Uh, so. Basically, you could go through that training, and it will show you exactly how to find time to focus on the most important thing that you need to be focusing on and how to become a person who is a CEO of his job or his business or the gigs that he's going to do. So people want to work with you. People will stand in line to work with you when you open your mouth. Wow. You know, I just got a, a, a message on Facebook from a guy named Peter, and he's in Florida, and he says, this has given me, he said, hope. I never thought that listening to this podcast tonight would give me so much hope. Thank you so much, Mr. Chandy. And Peter, I thank you for letting us know that. You're, you're welcome. Thank you. Me too. Thank you for letting me know that too. That makes me feel feel so grateful that I could serve you in, in such a way. And if you go to the website, it's easy. It's, an, it's a great website, easy to navigate. And the first thing you'll see is Rubel Chandley's handsome, smiling face, so you feel like you've got a friend there already waiting to help you, and which you already know if you've been listening tonight. And, Rubel, I, I wish you much more success yourself, and part of it because you, you earn it yourself and also because you're so generous with sharing ideas and tips and information for success to other people and i think hopefully that will keep you truly blessed for the rest of your life thank you jen it was fun having a conversation with you well thank you and folks listen tomorrow night is kyle hester you know he's got that movie uh zombie with a shotgun i you know, zombies are a job, too, especially in Georgia where we have all these TV series about uh, Walking Dead and stuff. If you can be a zombie, you can get a gig. <laughs> and, and, the, uh, and the, believe it or not, Shandy, plus all the groups that, um, talent groups that hire people for these jobs, they make sure that we all get COVID tests before going in and keep us separate. So even being okay, a zombie that's, that's will be good for the gig economy. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to close out that swing. So don't worry. Be here tomorrow night for Kyle Hester. And um, I just think everybody's wonderful. Be good to each other. Be good to yourself. Thank you.
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.